0: To the Dinosaur
1: Man Nerdcast, I'm Andy Hughes, and with Alex Hudson. Brought to you this week in partnership with Nintendo Dogs. Have oh, you ever I... wanted to know what your dog would be like if you were playing it on a Nintendo DS, Always. the brand new games console that's just come out? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: well, Nintendo Dogs is your answer. You can pet a Dalmatian. Ooh. You can pet an Alsatian. Ooh. You can pet a Scottish Terrier. What about a pug? Yep, they're there too. Uh, no downloadable features As paid extras It's all included in the game
0: How much of a grind is it to get you? None
1: grind You just love petting So it's fine <laughs> No levelling up Just pure dog fun Do
0: you watch your dog crow? crow? Do you watch your dog crow? I meant to say grow mm-hmm. But I'm going to say crow does
1: I don't it, Does your dog turn into a crow at any point? Let me check the specifications of the game
0: Yeah Maybe Oh no. No. Okay. What about does it turn into? Oh, hang on. The crow.
1: Oh, it turns into a raven. Sorry. Uh-oh. You watch your dog raven.
0: That's a raven.
1: No, that's a different. Can game. Can it see the future? Uh, coming next year, uh, the uh, That's So Raven uh, version of Nintendo Dogs, where you just pet ravens. Wasn't a around. That's So Raven game? There was a there, there, was, there was a dog in That's So Raven, and that was in the uh, Nintendo Dogs game. <laughs> Rav Raven That's God. so Raven was about a babysitter?
0: Raven Rabbits. Why are you putting that face? I don't
1: want to sit in the air for one. No, while. why are you doing that? No, Nobody great. can see
0: your face when you judge me, so therefore we could just pretend. They can hear a, the a, silence.
1: Could pretend it was a good joke. Okay, they can pretend it's a good joke. <laughs> That's here. what I'm having to do now apparently.
0: <laughs> here we got a classical
1: bands. Classical bands. Yeah. What I've got you? a lot of Mozart jokes coming yeah, up in this episode. You're you're doing banter on a harpsichord. Yeah. Yeah, numskull.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nintendo dogs then. Yeah, we got them. We it's, got about, it's about it's time launch game for the Nintendo DS, isn't it? Is it? Nope, incorrect. I don't think it was a launch game. I think was it was on the on Nintendo a, DS. Game. Yeah, of course it was on the Nintendo DS. You're not gonna make a dog a dog petting game and not have a thing you can pet them with. The stylus, remember? you? Oh, okay, the stylus.
0: They were like um, what are they called PDAs or the the um
1: public displays of affection? Yeah, that's what petting is. Yeah. You dingus. A palm... Palm Pilot? Yeah.
0: What were they called? Didn't they have an abbreviation? Palm Pilot. Yeah, yeah, but they had an abbreviation which was like three letters and I think palm it was PDA. Okay. And it stood for
1: palmed... And dogs digital. are like... Dogs are like No, they had a stylus. Pilots. They had a stylus in them. Some of them did, yeah, sure. I had one of those. A Palm Pilot? Yeah. For what? What business deals were Can you closing when you were 13? Remember, do you
0: not remember me having a Palm Pilot for a
1: little while? No. Um, I absolutely do not remember this because <laughs> I think this is one of your flights of fancy. No, that no, you go this on. one is genuinely true. I've never gone on a flight of fancy. Everything I ever say is true. We got the sponsorship <laughs> from Nintendo. Dogs.
0: Listen, I had a moment of the Mandela effect last week, but this week it's all true. All right, tell me what happened. So, when I was a kid, because my dad is businessman and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, he had one of the Palm Pilots. Yeah.
1: And your dad's going to get fired from work when they find out that, they, that he's been giving his son Palm pilots. <laughs> he
0: got a new one because mm-hmm. obviously having to do business things. So he gave me his and legitimately I think I just used it to write Word documents with a stylus mm-hmm. or Excel documents. How long Oh great, I wrote some great poetry.
1: Lies. Alright, next time bring your poetry in. I can
0: do it now. Shouldn't have made that?
1: Okay. Um, You've got five minutes he, now to do
0: it. It's an autumn day and the breeze was high.
1: This is a story. A smile not like
0: chocolate or banoffee pie.
1: Right, I know that we've got a banoffee pie in the fridge and that's the only reason we thought of that. Um, tastes like cherry or
0: was it coffee? I'm not sure. Mmm, banoffee. pie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Hi. laughs> okay. So, Bonofi was used twice within (laughs) about two stanzas.
0: Um, Rolling hills. Deep trenches. We're going to war. You go for
1: opposites of things.
0: (laughs) We're going to war. Not on the back benches. It's a war poem. It's a political poem. Yeah, uh, yeah. People got shot. Some people didn't.
1: I've changed my mind from five they minutes survived. to the next five seconds, and then you have to end it, so you finish strong. <laughs> um, I would say... I would sadness,
0: say, not hidden.
1: Right, okay. Very good. Brought, Support uh, our troops! Hang on, what? I thought it was an anti-war thing for a bit. <laughs> Don't send them out there. Let's live in harmony. Like a
0: pig and a bear.
1: Do you know what your political leaning is? No, not a clue. Good, because this poem clearly doesn't either. <laughs> what is... <laughs> did you
0: did you like it? No, that one was no, called not, I was didn't called... like a single moment of that. That was called not "One Night, Even night when at he the said Carnival."
1: By twice within a sentence. One night at the carnival.
0: One night at the carnival by Andrew Hughes. Okay, it was
1: published. The thing is, if I add puffin. <laughs> If I had asked what it was about, you'd say, oh, well, you obviously you'd get poetry because poetry can be whatever you want. Not it to tell you what it's about. Okay.
0: It's about Rolling Hills. Yeah, banoffee pies. And, and his best girl at home.
1: Who tastes like banoffee pie. Think, or maybe coffee. Coffee, or maybe or it chocolate. was cherry. Or cherry, yeah. Which doesn't rhyme with coffee, really. It didn't need coffee, to Every cherry. second line
0: rhymed. And also, if you took, right, if you go back and you check every first line, it's not accurate. If you're about to make you, that claim, no. If you go back and you check every first letter of every line, mm. it spells out my name going down. It doesn't.
1: Thank you, best poet acrostics. Well, the first line was "It is an autumn day." So <laughs> unless you've changed your name to I Andrew, <laughs> like you're sponsored by Apple, which gets in the way of a Nintendo sponsorship, I have to say. Newsroom Reviews!
0: So yeah, welcome to my poetry
1: hour. I wouldn't blame people if they switched off after that first five what? minutes. <laughs> that was a great poem! Was it? Yes! Okay. I am the Freddie Mercury of my day. We don't, right, first of all, I don't know if we have, uh, I'll address that in a second when, when we get to the table of contents for this episode. Okay. Um, I don't know if we have any sort of English scholars who listen to this uh, show, uh-huh. but I would love to hear their thoughts if they do.
0: I want somebody to transcribe that poem down for me, because I lost my Palm Pilot, so I had to do that one off my login. I might not have said coffee in the original. Well, I, then I, then I then definitely probably would have said banoffee in my original.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, good Good afternoon everyone. Hi. Good God. Uh, Why do you hate me? So, coming up today on News and Reviews, we've got a review, one review only this week. Two? Oh, yeah, you finished Daredevil. Yeah, I did. Uh, so, Andy will be reviewing Daredevil Series 3. Sorry, Season 3. Season 3. And uh, we will both be reviewing Bohemian Rhapsody. The Queen film. Or, as your mother insists on calling it, the Baja Men Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who let the dogs out? You'll find out later on. Andy, news. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Me with your best news. Well, after last week's
1: piloting, palm piloting, if you will, of a news section of Games Chat. Yeah. We've got two minutes of Games Chat now. Oh. Would you like to participate? I would like to. Okay. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. It's a garbage game and no one should buy it. Why are people buying it? Apparently it's good.
0: Last week you told people to boycott Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Because of the crunch. Because of the
1: crunch. And the grind. The crunch and the grind. And guess what? All Nobody reviews, did. All the reviews this week seem to be indicating people should buy it, despite the crunch. Everyone's saying it's a really good game. Apart from when it's too much of a game, which is my original thought when I first played it.
0: But basically, everyone I've been speaking to so far said it's really good, it's very in-depth.
1: Yeah, well, they're just handle ignoring the crunch. Uh, a couple of them absolutely dismissing the crunch as being completely necessary. I've seen a
0: couple of people saying, you know, it's a bit much... Oh well, it's a bit... I've heard the crunch is a bit much, that. I would say. hundred-hour week is a bit <laughs> much. And, you know, there's a whole question of how realistic is too realistic when you're playing a video game.
1: Yeah, do you really need to see a horse ball shrink?
0: Yes. That's all I've ever asked for in a game, and I'm glad somebody's finally been brave enough
1: to Nintendo do it. Nintendo was doing that ten years ago, mate.
0: A braver developer would have just had a game where it focuses purely
1: on the horse balls. Did you not play horseballs 64? <laughs>
0: I played for 69 I got it in a package of Wave Race
1: 64
0: <laughs> I got mine in a package of leather Suit Larry disgusting
1: that's absolutely
0: your package
1: um, yeah so that's what, out now about about my package,
0: no. I've got no end to that joke I just thought I'd make an innuendo ugh ugh <laughs> I'm smart on here yuck do you want to hear my second poem it's cool called... no <laughs> it's
1: like no no we're done with the poems we're never going back to the poetry <laughs> So Red Dead's out. Everyone's buying it despite my best efforts to boycott it. Mm. I've still boycotted it, though.
0: Yeah. but You did say to me the other day, oh, actually, I would want to play this game.
1: Yeah. Before it came out, before the crunch came out, I, I've wanted to play this game. Is this true? Because I've yes.
0: literally never heard you say anything I about was, this game. I was going to buy it until it we found out teach. about the crunch. Not I'm,
1: not, I'm not so sure that's true. I like the first game. Which one? Revolver. What about Redemption? Didn't, didn't play Redemption. <laughs> didn't, I didn't have a PlayStation 3 or whatever. Two? It was, was it PS2? was that on 360, wasn't it? So that would have been PlayStation 3, wouldn't it? Oh, that's a long, long time ago. I had Red Dead Revolver on yeah. PlayStation 2. Was that, that was on PlayStation 2. Yeah, good game. Shoot mechanic was fine mm-hmm. before you start bitching and moaning about it. Wasn't too much of a game. <laughs> Wasn't too detailed. No one worked 100 hours to do it. Although apparently if you're according to someone we know then. All these employees are coming out the woodwork are people who worked for them 10 years ago. Well, how come I got insider information Have from someone who works for Rockstar North. Lies. Rockstar North. In their Edinburgh office. I thought this is a lie. Who has said the crunch is real. And my God... Is it a bloody country crisp type crunch? You know, Jordan's country crisp. Yeah. Real good crunch to it when you bite okay. into it. They said it's like that. I thought like this
0: is 100%. I thought you didn't tell lies on the podcast. I don't tell you? lies on the you podcast. Two, I know
1: people who work three, at Rockstar so North. North. That's all I'm saying. One,
0: but you've got an insight at Rockstar North. Fine. His name, two, but you're going to ever buy this game. And three, but my poetry
1: is bad. All oh, so many lies. His name is James McRae. This is a lie.
0: And, and if it is. isn't, you've just gotten fired. And he is. Because <laughs> nobody have an insider. They're yeah. not supposed to give their identity away. Yeah, that's
1: his secret identity. I don't know his real name. <laughs> I think he's Batman or something. <laughs> okay. So there's my two minutes at the top of the game for the games. The top of the game. <laughs> so, games-wise, still boycott it. Evil company doing evil things.
0: My game news is I'm done with Shadow of War. Oh yeah you, Like you two rage, years After first yeah, mentioning it
1: You rage quit it
0: I'm done with it It
1: mm. upset me Yeah It it deleted all your progress For a No
0: no It's The progress yeah. is there But I've done the story So therefore Well I'm the progress the wasn't
1: there Because you still had to go And do all the bits beforehand Why is game. it making me do more I don't know Why can't the game just go Okay yeah you're done now Hey man So did you know the Boba Fett's been cancelled We did report on this Months ago But Just to be confirming Kathleen Kennedy's now said It's definitely cancelled Yeah Apparently. Well, wait, hang on. Is it definitely cancelled or apparently, is it apparently yeah. cancelled?
0: Apparently it's been cancelled now. According to who? Dublin Kennedy.
1: Right, okay. Apparently it's been cancelled definitely. Yeah, yeah, according to the article that I Well, wish. we definitely said three <laughs> months ago that it was cancelled. So that's done again. Cool. Mandalorian's the, still going is it, ahead. Don't worry, The thing guys. is that
0: apparently somebody stole stuff from that set Yeah. and then the police have been brought it, in. It was my
1: contact, James McRae. He's stalled, stalled thing back. is, James McRae is a genuine person I know mm-hmm. and I just used his name to make up a fake name for my fake content. <laughs> <laughs> but now I've mentioned him twice and potentially implicated him in stealing this Boba Fett material or whatever.
0: He's going to be arrested on like 16 different counts by the end of this episode. Um,
1: God willing, he's a piece of trash no, he's a nice guy. <laughs> James, if you're listening, hang on in there, buddy. I don't know. He's six foot seven he's quite handsome as a model.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Doing better than us. Though. I'd
1: say six foot seven. I think he's six foot five. <laughs> um, the envy of his friends. So, well, me. You. So, yeah. But everyone's the envy of me.
0: The Boba Fett uh, movie has been cancelled, which is a shame.
2: No, it's not. No, it's not. Don't no, say no, it. I, don't, I don't know it's I It's not said. a shame. I
1: don't know why I said that. You weren't looking forward to I it. No I wasn't looking forward to it. No <laughs> one wanted to see it. I think film. that was just kind of
0: like a, a natural reaction of being like, oh no, people have not got a job anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. They'll find no, other, jobs. They they jobs. other jobs. They will get other jobs.
1: Then what is... They'll get to work on the Mandalorian as security, because God knows <laughs> they should beef up in that department. Anyway, Boba Fett's cancelled. Yes. We'll move that to one side. Let's address that. the biggest news in the room. Avengers 4, Avengers 4. Avengers. It features Four. Avengers. Thor, Avengers 4. Avengers four trailer so the will poetry in this episode. All oh, right, you can. Always... That was a song. It was a, a protest song, <laughs> uh, like a Joan Baez song. Um, okay, so Avengers four, they're going to be dropping a trailer for that one. Yeah. Butterfingers before the end of the year. It's good to hear that one back. Thank that, you.
0: Good Thank to you. going to get curate's egg in there, and we're, we're back to old
1: business. It is a curate's egg coming up, so okay. it's fine. I can describe it as a curate's egg. <laughs> Yeah, so the Little station, spoiler for my
0: review later on. They're saying that it's going to be out before the end of 2018, the trailer. I was speaking to somebody like this the other day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was debating not seeing anything before Avengers 4.
1: Like, trailer-wise? Like, just trying to avoid mm-hmm. everything
0: for it. How are you going to The response that? I got was, I guarantee within minutes of that trailer going up, you've watched it. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, that's probably going to happen." But I would love to. I would look. got a we- weak psyche. Well, I would look. Love- <laughs> I would love if they just didn't release anything. Like, but they that will. That'd be great, though. They've it? got to. No, because who's going into Avengers Four who hasn't seen Avengers Three? Someone who was born in the last year. Who's taking their one-year-old?
1: People who've got tattoos of Captain America on their fucking arms. <laughs> And they've called their son Bucky. (laughs) Dreadful people. If you've You've called called your son... Right. Called son Zemo. If you've called your son Bucky since the Winter Soldier came out... Yeah. And you're listening to this podcast now, I actually don't want you to listen anymore. (laughs) That's how how much I think that would be a very stupid thing to do. You
0: You just want us to lose listeners again. How many of our
1: listeners do you think have had... A, had children since... Avengers or Captain America I don't know all or the listeners. Winter Soldier came out. You don't know all of them. No, I do. James McCrae? He hasn't got a son. We had a
0: new country listener this week, didn't we? Did we? I thought you pointed it out to me the other day. I don't know. You're like, oh, somebody in this country is listening.
1: Mm, maybe.
0: I'm gonna say Spain.
1: No, there's no Spain.
0: I'm gonna say Guatemala.
1: Nope. I mean the thing is I don't know which one it is but I know that these are not it. Carry on. Okay.
0: This isn't even important. Why am I
1: looking it up? Yeah I don't know.
0: Hi, if you start listening.
1: Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, so, um <laughs> don't name your children it. So you, you're you gonna watch uh, this trailer? Probably. Yeah, of I'll you probably will. literally have it. You would have sent me the link to it and said, "Oh my god, trailer of the year 2018 and 2019." And have 2020. it into my brain. Despite the fact that Shazam's trailer came out in 2018, so it can't be the trailer of 2018. Hmm, Interesting. But
0: Shazam isn't the best trailer this year.
1: So far, yes.
0: No. Godzilla: King of Monsters is a much better trailer.
1: Incorrect, Shazam. Okay, then. Godzilla: King of Monsters it's got too many monsters in it so Carry far.
0: Carry on believing your
1: lies. You just want it to. You just want the best trailer of the year to go to someone where it starts with the words "I'm from England" and ends with the words "Let them fight" or whatever it is. People listening to this hated what you just did. I hated it and I'm right next to you. <laughs> They're going to hate it because it's amplified for them.
2: <laughs>
1: Labyrinth sequel has a script and is moving forward. You like Labyrinth. Labyrinth's pretty good. Okay, cool. But You're thinking Mark likes it a lot more than I do. Yeah, yeah,
0: but I thought you liked it as well. It's fine. Never saw the appeal.
1: It's got Muppets in it, isn't it? Yeah, but I never... Yeah, like Muppets is your problem. No, but I keep your, your life would be... As my one. Your life would be just improved tenfold by the addition of Muppets. Mm -hmm. I think you'd like Muppets.
0: No, I've I've never seen the appeal of Labyrinth, and I don't really understand why they're making a sequel from what I've seen. I don't understand
1: why they're making a sequel.
0: Well, my main problem is... Okay. The first one is so heavily reliant on David Bowie. Mm -hmm. How do you do a sequel
1: without David Bowie? Make it all about the magic baby. He's all grown up But the now. Goblin
0: King is the thing that's interesting about that film.
1: Yeah, but maybe the baby's turned into the Goblin King. Do you ever think about that? But who would Okay, then. Hologram. Okay. Of David Bowie. No, no. You can't have Bowie. You can have a hologram. Him. No, no.
0: You can't have the hologram. Who would you cast in that role? Which music star would you put it doesn't in? doesn't have to be a music star. No, no. Star. It has to be a music star. No. Which music star would you put in?
1: Sh- Don't say Shazam. Damien Chazelle's friend, Justin Hurwitz. He's not even an actor. You said music star. He's, he's a I'm musician.
0: Talking, I'm talking top forty artists.
1: I'm sure that some of the songs from La La Land. Nah, no, not the top there 40. anymore. Yeah, they were in the top forty. You, you can have current K- oh, K- 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 top forty. Or... Fine, Lil Baby, <laughs> the rapper, Lil Baby.
2: <laughs> he's a,
1: if we're gonna be, if we're gonna be obtuse, then yeah, I'm gonna is, be as obtuse as possible. His
0: young kid never broke again. He's not he's in, in the, the, the top forty.
1: Us. He had his one hit. He's gone.
0: Well, like Kanye, he's broke again. Well, about like Kanye, I a mean, absolutely
1: not. It's little baby or no. Yeah, Kanye
0: one. wearing that outfit from the "I Love It" video. Fine,
1: Young Bane. No, no, this is a, I, have a, Bane. I have a genuine question here. Like, mm-hmm. Who would you cast? Doesn't have to be a music star. That's the no, beauty even, of it. Because if it did, but it doesn't. You're thinking too small. You're thinking inside a box. Okay, let okay, about... go,
0: go. Any actor who would you who would you cast as Goblin King?
1: Eric Lampert.
0: Who the hell is Eric Lampert?
1: If you Google him, you'll see why I've chosen him. Fine. He's a stand up and an actor. Fine, you always
0: make me Google on this podcast. Okay. Eric Lampert. No, that's a B. Pair. I'm going to shoot a spot like that.
1: <laughs> okay. Do you see why I chose him?
0: Oh, because he's a weird looking man. Is that why? Although. This man came run He looks like he looks like he's brilliant. I'm
1: casting him. him. He's looking like he's a dude. Counsel. Can I? Can I have Eric Lampard, the <laughs> fucking chartered accountant, instead? He's
0: vice president and director of something or another. Of course he is.
1: Of Goblin Kingery.
0: Of for flight operators at Nat, NetJets Aviation. I can't read.
1: I'm casting him. Yes. Okay, the guy who looks like he's the of California. Google, Google Eric Lampert, and then the one who doesn't look like all of the other Eric Lamperts, it's him who I want, okay? So this podcast is interactive now. Done. We've, we've included our audience in more than one way.
0: Shout out to Eric Lampert. Not, Not that one. Is it good stand-up? Not that one, I said.
1: No. The head of the, the, head of the aviation. Yeah, that's the one now, the head of the aviation for NetJax. <laughs> a company's called NetJets
0: Net NetJets NetJets yeah, as in online jets remember I can't talk or read today so okay, things have gone bad I woke okay. up early to watch a film
1: alright right. so well, <laughs> didn't have enough sleep go to bed earlier then that's what I did I did
2: go bed
1: how much later than me very much later around about the same time really mhm okay so why? what's mm-hmm. your excuse because you slept for longer then.
0: I'm a sleepy little boy.
1: Yeah, obviously. It's
0: getting to winter and my bear like persona says I need to hibernate.
1: I'm currently plastered in heat pads because my back <laughs> is broken.
0: What have you got for us?
1: Danny McBride says that Halloween sequel talks are underway. We did sort of cover this when we reviewed yeah, it, but. Oh, um, yeah. Bring this up. And um, Jamie Lee Curtis has said she would return only if. Only if. David Gordon Green returns as director. Yes. But I think it's no one else. You <laughs> don't want Michael Myers in it. <laughs> the way that film ends. Doesn't want a children in it.
0: I don't even understand how you can
2: do a sequel. There's no
1: spoilers though. There's no spoilers. Why would you want to do a sequel? That's yeah. the real question. Money. <laughs> That's the only that answer. The that is the reason for the Halloween yeah. series existing as and long as it has. The only reason I brought this up mm.
0: was because of the next bit of news.
1: Oh, yeah, but I read into that. You've, yeah. you've reported that slightly wrong, so I will okay. now explain. Um, so, but that's what the headline said. Uh, well, no, it's... it. Yes, it did, but it didn't. I got baited by the click. Yeah, so... Well, no, actually, no, you're right. No, you're not. You're, you're okay, wrong. Okay, just say the headline. Okay, so the headline you've reported here is whilst Rob Zombie prefers his Halloween over the remake. His Halloween 2. This is it. Over his remake that he did, that's not what it says. Yes, that's yeah. He thinks his Halloween Two is a better film than Halloween, the Halloween One that he did. That's that's exactly what the article was about. You have uh, taken the click uh, the, and baited yourself into <laughs> I've got a corner. Baited by clicks. You're just baiting in the corner. Anyway, <laughs> I've so. baited myself. Uh, so Rob Zombie says that he prefers his Halloween 2 to his Halloween 1 whilst I prefer neither of them <laughs> and wish they were <laughs> died in the fire they're horrible films and they're very cynical and I don't think they're very good
0: I got told you were wrong the other day they're actually good films so. by whom? by people I know uh, listener? Uh, no no only listens to us
1: good they don't want them listening to us. If you're listening now, the person who said this, you are wrong. Um, and No one can I like the Rob Zombie films more than they like any other films.
0: I'm thinking mm-hmm. that, you, that you might be wrong. Maybe I've been listening to the wrong person. Oh, by all, all means, right.
1: if you want to invest four hours of your time in watching terrible films that try and explain Michael Myers as the f- product of a broken household where a, a bad dad punches his child or something, then fine. Watch those films. And then tell me that when Tyler Mayne pops up as Michael Myers... Yes, Tyler Mayne, the man who played Sabretooth in the original X-Men films... Okay. When he pops up and starts talking as Michael Myers... As adult Michael Myers... Mm-hmm. That those are good films. You tell me at that point that those are better films than the remake. Fuck it. They are shit. They are horseshit films. You okay? N- not now. No, no. Not now. I was fine. Now I am broken.
0: Because I watched them.
1: Yeah.
0: Real good films, aren't they? You didn't watch them. Really good films. I would have known if you'd have the watched them because you would, have, you would have
1: torn your eyes out as, as <laughs> penitents for what you've just done.
0: The bit where he starts talking really good. It's nice not, to finally hear his voice. No.
1: No, don't like it. Don't like it. I refuse. His mum's a stripper in it, for goodness' yeah, sake. Good, good because character- it's a Rob Zombie film, so of course she is. Why wouldn't she be a stripper? Good characterization. Not of, good characterization. Oh, and then he turns up and kills the the pimp who runs the sort of strip club slash cat yeah, house that he operates. Mean to his mum Yeah, I get why he's killed her. Uh, I killed the guy, but it's not good. All quality filmmaking.
0: So, that's an absolute recommend The second Alex. one is about a fucking white horse. Exactly.
1: And his ghost mum.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolute recommend then, yeah.
1: Any other news? Absolute recommend that you stay fucking ten feet away from that film at all times. If you catch yourself in the H section of a DVD area, <laughs> fucking push it onto the floor and start running. No other news. No other news. That's it.
0: Cool. We did it.
1: Reviews. Let's do it. Quickly. Well... As long as you want, really. Always do your do your one moving. first. Tell me all about the series you've been watching recently. So I finished Daredevil? I saw one episode. Of, no, I saw, I saw like four I saw episodes. A
0: yeah. I saw a couple, despite refusing to watch any of them. Mm, don't care about it. So yeah, Dead of season three, I've just finished watching what, a couple of days ago now. Um, this one all focuses on basically Matt Murdock's struggle between his Catholicism and basically giving giving it all away and saying, kill off Matt Murdock, Mm -hmm. become completely Daredevil, this is what's meant to be. And it's kind of all about the inner struggle between that, while the Kingpin, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, starts making his comeback, um, starts putting all these plans in action Mm -hmm. to come out. And there is the antagonist of Bullseye, also in the thing. If you don't know Bullseye, he's the guy who Colin Farrell played in the Daredevil film. He's real good at throwing things. He's basically got incredible accuracy. Uh, really enjoyed it yeah really really liked it I think I really liked Bullseye's character mm-hmm. um, I thought what they did with him was interesting and I don't think it always works but the stuff that does really works the action scenes are very good okay Um, and I watch it and I go why was Iron Fist never just directed like this yeah like because Iron Fist is supposed to be this incredible fighter but Daredevil's got all of it and every time you watch them fight you're like oh that's it like there's a couple of really, really good action set pieces in this. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of those um, quite methodical set pieces as well. Yeah. Um, where they utilise other aspects of the Daredevil character that aren't just him being able to punch people really hard.
1: Does he use his sticks? Yes.
0: Nice. Yeah. But, you know... It's, it's... Does he
1: use his keen eye for justice?
0: Well, he uses his um, sense of sound. Ooh. Um, and his, you know... His ability to know where people are through sound. Like
1: a bat. Yes. There should be a man type thing around, like, associated with bats. Yeah, there is. Man bat. swamp thing. I know man bat.
0: (laughs) He's a bat man. Um, But yeah, and I think, like, basically it's good to see Kingpin again. Mm -hmm. Because I think he was the main driving force that first season. Yeah. So he comes back and he's once again got this incredible drive. I... Still get incredibly annoyed by both the characters of Karen and Foggy. Mm-hmm. There's a whole flashback episode about Karen that is just pfft, a bit now. you just skip it if no, you watch I, it again? if I was watching it again, I would skip to about three quarters of the way through because then it goes back to the story. Um, I'd miss Does it inform accounts. you on
1: her character, though? It's,
0: it's, that's what it's there to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Does it do a but good job of it?
0: Not really. Like It gives you some kind of indication of what her past was like but looking at it I don't see how that informs her present. Okay. Um, and that's the problem that I'm like everything I see here What job is she
1: doing this time round? Because we know she's had 15 jobs. She's still a news reporter okay. for a bit of it. she get a part time job halfway through like just delivering yeah, paper yeah. or something. <laughs> her, writing, her own paper. She
0: starts about DHL or something. Okay cool. She's a delivery driver yeah. in her spare time. Um, Foggy Nelson is overacted in every scene he's in.
1: Hey man, that guy's got a real mean puck shot on him. <laughs>
0: but, but the problem is the characters like that annoy me because I'm like the rest of the characters are quite understated mm-hmm. and quite realistic. Um, a lot of the time I do just watch it though and go why don't they just move away?
2: From
1: an house uh, kitchen? Yeah,
0: why don't they just leave? Things would be so much easier if they just left house kitchen to do what he wants. Yeah, but imagine
1: if he was like Oh Daredevil the the Devil of Southampton. <laughs> that doesn't work very well. Hell's Kitchen, yeah. Yeah that... Southampton nah. <laughs> But the, you know The Devil of Stowe in Gloucestershire or wherever <laughs> it is.
0: Not enough tall buildings there for him
1: he's got a perch I suppose mm.
0: he, he perches a lot in this a lot of
1: superheroes perch when they don't need to though but you know I think there's unnecessary a, perching
0: there's a lot of the storyline that, that really works I think there's a lot of twists in this that really worked for me mm-hmm. um, a lot of every time you think something's going well the kind of rug gets pulled from underneath you mm-hmm. and when it happens it's understandable that it's happened that like it's not some kind of way, way of them going oh and then suddenly this happened you go oh yeah that makes complete sense that that would be the case mm-hmm Uh, the final episode has one of my favourite fight scenes in any of these shows Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a whole episode as well um, things like the fourth episode with him in a prison which is fantastic and the first time that Bullseye and Daredevil meets is a really really good moment Um, yeah it just it just seemed to because the second series had a really strong first half because of all the stuff in the Punisher, mm. but a really terrible second half because it started doing all this mysticism stuff. Mm. To then go back to, they completely wipe away all that mysticism. There's no mention of the Hand or anything in this. It seems a much more kind of
1: secluded story. But is that setting it up for the Hand coming back in series four? I don't know, they don't mention them Electra, at all. Electra, king of the Hand. Like Electra, not mentioned
0: at all. And that's great because... That was a really boring part of that season and it was terrible. And this season I genuinely believe is just as good as the first. And in places it's better. So I really enjoyed this. Um I don't think it's as good as The Punisher, which I still think is probably one of my favourites of all of these. Um or season one of Daredevil, but it's there or thereabouts, you know. Mm. Um I was really impressed by it.
1: Cool. I will not check it out still. You should. Um, I've seen enough of it. I know what it's about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. Okay, so, sorry. We're, we're pressed for time at the moment because we're in hot demand. Another podcast wants us for a podcast meeting, That's clearly. lie. Shut the fuck up. They think we're important. Oh, I nearly got away with not swearing <laughs> today. Oh, no, I swore about Rob uh, Zombie. Anyway, guys, films of the week this week. Uh, so... The Hate You Give, just to mention now, is out in cinemas this week, and do go and see it. We obviously reviewed it a few weeks ago on the pod, but please do go and see it, because it is an important film, I think, particularly particularly for white people to see, if that makes any sense. Basically, we reviewed it two weeks ago? Yeah, three three weeks weeks ago. ago, I think. Go back and listen to that.
0: We give you reasons why to go see it. Yeah. definitely do go and see it. It is now
1: scene. out in the cinemas uh, nationwide. But there's another film out in the cinema. Indeed, there is. Bohemian Smallfoot. Rhapsody. Smallfoot. Uh, okay, uh, that was out last week, and we did a small review of that <laughs> where I said, my big feet can't fit into this small idea. I don't know what the film is about. I think it's about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. About yes, he was a friendly one. Guys, Bahamian Rhapsody. Baha Man's Rhapsody. Uh, So, Bahamian Rhapsody is out. It is the uh, long... long Long-awaited in terms of its gestation period has been five or six years at this point. Also, highly anticipated. I know a lot of people are really excited to see this. Of course they are. Of course they are. It's the timeless story of a young immigrant who makes good. It's also known as the Donald Trump story. Is that that what he did? I can't remember (laughs) His family were immigrants, we know that. Anyway, uh, so the story of Freddie Mercury and, by extension, Queen and, by extension, sort of everything else that is associated with yes. him as a person.
0: So it starts from the point where they meet as a band and he goes right the way through to their performance at Live Aid. Yeah. Um, and we can say that because it's basically in the trail end, it's where the film starts. Yeah,
1: the, the Live Aid performance basically bookends the film in a sort of neat and tidy way. Um, so it's uh, Rami Malek playing uh, Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. um, in in a film where he uh, he has to do a lot yes. in terms of not only is he doing the whole meeting the other members of the band and sort of you get that stuff that you would expect from that kind of a story but then you also have the personal life and mm-hmm. you also have the struggles with the sort of identity of who he is. I think um, he's great. I think he is. I think it's a it's, it's a. Top, I think it's a top-notch performance. Um, it's one that obviously had previously been assigned to um, Sacha Baron Cohen when he was producing the film and mm-hmm. I think co-writing it at that point as well. I would have
0: been interested to see what he did in this um, film. Yeah,
1: and I would have been as well. Um, and would have been interested to see what that film is. And whether at some point down the line they still end up making that yeah. film that he wanted to make. Um, but yeah, Rami Malek stepped in and has done a very good job. I think it's it's a really... I think it's a nuanced performance where it at. Sometimes it feels like it's an impression. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like a proper embodiment of that character. Yes, of that role. There's quite a
0: physical difference as well. Yes, like he he has to hold himself differently. The way he enters room. Yeah, the way that kind of.
1: Yeah, his posture, his you know, his speech patterns, things like that. It's all it's all there. You can see the individual building blocks coming together. Yeah. And I think actually as the film goes on, he feels more comfortable in that role. Mm -hmm. But perhaps that's also something to do with the way in which the film is structured to try and tell you the story of him being more comfortable with who he is towards the latter stage of his life. Yes, Um, It doesn't delve into the very end of his life, but it it sort of covers up until the point of Live Aid and sort of then leaves off there because there is too much to tell if you're trying to do that.
0: And I think that's probably one of the stumbling blocks of this film, mm. is that there's too much to tell. Yeah. Because it moves along at a very quick pace. At the beginning, I found it was going, bam, 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 like, yeah. This is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And, and then there was a bit in the middle where it kind of went, okay, we'll stretch this out a little bit and kind of...
1: But again, the period of time at which that's set over is still a little bit hazy. It could be over sort of six months to a year. It yeah. could be a couple of years and you couldn't quite work out whether that's taking too much time to tell that story, and whether that's time you would have rather seen allocated towards the the beginning of his story. Yes. Or potentially the, the sort of the start of his sort of um breakdown almost, as it were. Mm-hmm.
0: Look, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's like, an interesting think, one this. I think there's definitely parts that I wish were done better. like I felt I feel there's a lot of it touches a lot on moments of his life and moments in the band's time together and never actually fully explores them. Mm. But that's not to say that I didn't get something out of this. I think basically A it's nice just to hear that music again yeah? mm-hmm. because Queen are such an influential band and they it's a band I've basically grown up with because my dad loved them. Mm. So um it was great to hear that because we went watching IMAX as well, you know, mm. it kind of that IMAX experience where it kind of is all around you makes that music sound great um, I've always performed great but also there's this really nice kind of there's a little insight into his kind of the kind of person Freddie was mm. where he was at times combative at times he was you know life and soul But there's also this kind of isolation. There's also this kind of abusive edge Mm -hmm. um, to basically him and the people around him and that kind of, the price of fame sort of thing. A bit like what Star is Born does. Yeah. Where it questions what is the price of fame. You could be, everybody knew Freddie Mercury. Mm -hmm. Like everybody knew who he was. And there are definitely moments in there where it highlights that point. And it's at what cost does it come him achieving what he wanted to do and did he ever achieve it while while battling with himself. Mm. And I do think those moments are in there. Mm. And the, but the way, uh, the times when the film performs best is when it's touching on that stuff. The problem is, is it never really goes as deep as I want it to. Instead, sometimes becomes just a montage of, oh look, here we are making this song, here we are making this song. I never really felt that there was any kind of anything behind apart from We Will Rock You for example mm-hmm. where there's a whole thing by Brian Mayne it's in the trailer where he says I want to give the audience a song they can sing mm-hmm. because of this reason um, only because of that do you go okay that's why they created We Will Rock You um, but there's a like Bohemian Rhapsody when that's created it's it's something that Freddie had been playing around with the tune Yeah, but the way the film puts it out there is he looked around the field and went oh yeah that's the lyrics yeah but you've listened to that song and there's nothing about it in the field, in there, mm. you know. But there's no kind of explanation to that thing. It kind of seems a little bit kind of greatest hitsy. Yeah. Of here's some songs that they did and here's them creating them, but actually, you know, and I love the whole bit about them creating the sound of *Behavior Rhapsody*. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff, but actually, there's nothing about where it came from and why why the band trusted this should be the song uh, that they yeah. go with.
1: That was the direction they needed to go in. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it's a curate of a film. So yes! there we go.
0: Mark your bingo cards. You've got um, full Hudson.
1: There, there are good. There are good things in it. Chief amongst which is Rami Malek's performance, which I do think is really impressive. What I don't think is so impressive is the fact that the film feels terribly lightweight. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's no heft to anything that's actually going on in it, and it doesn't teach you. I, to me anyway I'm not learning anything from watching this film that I don't already know Yeah. the only thing that I'm learning is that this film is trying to do too much and as a result can only afford to spend ten seconds doing an interaction between him and you know Roger Taylor mm-hmm. where Roger Taylor is being combative and he's being combative and then Deacon tells him to shut up
2: yeah
1: okay then we move on to let's record this song then but the actual background of their interactions doesn't have any weight to it because I'm feeling like I don't understand what your dynamic is as a band. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't given me enough of an insight here. You, and I completely you, agree with that. You've given me a cursory glance at and these are the guys who are in the band. This one's the boring one. This one's the feisty one. This one's the, the one who maybe. just plays the guitar. And this one's the one who sings and tells the other ones that he's the most important person. Mm-hmm. Okay. It would be nice to actually delve into some of that. Yeah. And the problem is, is the film at times wants to be that film, but then at times wants to be the film that purely focuses on Freddy's story, but then also doesn't want to do that for too long, and would actually rather talk about how they stood up to the establishment and made a record that was wildly sort of radical at the time to a record company's point of view. Well, okay, but you need to probably choose one of those battles. Yeah,
0: choose which story you wish to tell. And tell
1: that one well, rather the- than tell three, in my opinion, quite badly with a very good central performance at the heart of it, which I think deserves a better film around him.
0: I agree with parts of what you're saying, but I also disagree. Like, I think you're right. I think there are points in this film where I go, I wish you had done more. Um, There's a lot of mention of them being like a family, Mm. but because of the way the film skips along, you never get much of a time to appreciate that familial bond between them. Yeah, You know, they, they describe themselves as four people who shouldn't be together. Um... Therefore, misfits who shouldn't be together, mm. and therefore, they're the voice of the misfits. Um, but you never really get an experience of, oh, this is why they actually do get along. This is why they do play together so well. Mm. Uh, this is how they. And, you know, there's, there's hints that, like, certain members get on with each other better. Like, there's, I think there is a thing between Freddie and Brian of respect that you get, but you never kind of understand why. Um, so I completely agree with you there. But I also think that when you say it's all done badly, I'm not so sure about that. I think there are moments in there. I'm not saying it's all great, and it's not. I'm not saying it's all everything I wanted to see. Mm. But there are moments in there where there are genuine moments of heft and some moments of weight. Where I'm like, okay, I feel something here. Mm. You know, I I get a feeling, um, and especially towards the end, because yeah. you're knowing where that story's going. It it made me actually feel something. Mm. Um, I felt quite sad towards the end because I I know where that story's going, you know. And when I see the way that he's being used, those moments for me really worked. Mm. And I think that to say it's all bad, I think is... I think think they're handled
1: badly in terms of, I think there are good moments there, but the overall care and attention given to that storyline in particular, his sort of personal Mm. struggles it's so it's so up and down in terms of the quality at which they deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest issue, is that if you've got good moments, it shows that you've got the capabilities of telling that story yes. well, but you're not doing it well because you're going, okay, he, here oh, is uh, three minutes of a really interesting thing that could well be good, but then we're going to go back and do something with the band and then come back to this and kind of skirt over that for a bit and then go back to the band again. And the moments where there is good stuff going on with the, the the personal life stuff, which I think is the best stuff in the film, mm-hmm. I feel like he's carrying a lot of that on his shoulders and he's having to support the fact that the film isn't all that interested in telling that story. Yeah. Certainly to the point that I need it to in order to make it work. Mm, no, the no. other main issue that I have with the film, and it's a, it's a I think it's massively uh, suffered from coming just after A Star Is Born, the stage sequences are terrible in this. Yes, I think the perfor- the live it's, performance stuff is absolutely dreadful. There's
0: one moment, and it's right near the beginning where the curtain where you see him going to mm-hmm. the stage. The curtain opens, and you see the crowd. I thought that's a nice shot because it, it seemed like it was real. Mm. Yeah, the, but I think I think the stuff the
1: backstage stuff at Live Aid all works fine. Yeah. I agree with you. As soon as they hit the stage, every time there's any... And I'm talking about from the start of the University Union bar right up until the Live Aid performance. The thing is, with The Star is Born, you've got that tremendous opening scene and then every other live performance is shot in such a way that it feels like it's real and Mm -hmm. it feels like you're there on stage. This is is a depiction of one of the all-time most iconic performances of... Rock music, yeah, and you've made it feel really sanitized and really, really fake. To me, that that. to me that is an incredible misstep. Because if you're trying to put across this, you know how great a performer he was, and he really was. You've 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 done him an injustice there because that's so. It just feels.
0: It it seems fake. Basically, it seems like they are green screened or yeah, and it feels small. And what you get in, a, say, A Star Is Born is those performances seem like they're happening in front of you. Mm-hmm. There's one moment in this that I think doesn't, um, and that's because I think they use genuine footage of the band, mm. um, or of the crowd anyway, and then the camera's shooting back to these guys playing the band. But the um, the moment is pretty much the audience is is from that gig. Mm. Um And I think, but yeah, you're absolutely spot on that it doesn't ever. It didn't leave kind of a chill in my bones like A Star is Born did. For saying that,
1: this is a real life person who was an electrifying stage entertainer. Mm -hmm. You've managed to make him less electrifying than a fictional character. Yeah. In A Star is Born. You know, it may be apples and oranges, but if I'm looking at these as both being musical biopics. And one of them is a fake one and one of them is a real one. I'm more interested in the fake one at the moment because the real one, the stage stuff for me, it really didn't work to the point where I was just looking at it, going, How has this passed muster in, in this point? Like the every time he opens his mouth and starts singing, you go, I know that's not real.
0: I said, Do you think it's because they I am I right in saying a lot of the time it seemed to be just kind of a a track yeah. Of his voice played.
1: Well, it's it's someone else doing mm. an impression of Freddie Mercury, I think.
0: Yeah, because from what I thought it was, was there's a guy online, um, I've seen a video of him, and he's he sounds incredible. Mm. Like, he genuinely does sound a lot like Freddie Mercury when he sings, he's incredible. Um, but a lot of the time when I was watching it, I just assumed it was just a recording of Freddie right. singing. And that's the problem. I was there. No, I never thought well, you could tell it, I never it, thought that voice is coming out. Coming out back that yeah, yeah, that's While the issue. Star is born, I don't know if it was Brandy Cooper well, singing. Is it, is it yeah. actually Brandy Cooper singing? But I've always thought it was. Yeah. And even though there was a point in my head where I was like, I wonder not really just recorded somebody and put it into that so you sing it, it still looked like he was singing.
1: Yeah. This this never feels like the person you're watching sing is the voice you're hearing. That, that never comes across. Yeah. And that's, uh, for, for me, in a film where you want to tell that story as well, as a film, because you are, you know, that's one of the three stories you're trying to tell, his relationship yeah. between him and the audience, as well as him and the band. That's a big problem, if you can't make me believe that this is a genuine entertainer. Mm-hmm. So, I like some of the stuff with the personal life, and, you know, he's you've got a whole wealth of stuff to go on there. Make that film. Yeah. And I think that's what Sasha Baron Cohen was wanting to do. Yeah, and I think do. it's a shame
0: because you get people like um, who flit into his life, like there's a meeting between him and Kenny Everett mm. and they were really good friends. Yeah. And we see him for like 20 seconds. Yeah. And it's a really nice scene. Like, mm. they seem that it, Their chemistry really works between those two people but you see him for 20 seconds and that's it. Yeah. And it's gone. But he was a big part of his life and I'm like, I could have done with more. So I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Mm. I did still have fun with it. I still enjoyed it enough mm-hmm. um, to go. Actually, I would recommend going to see it if you, especially if you're a fan of Queen. I think you would you would enjoy it. Mm. Um, but don't think it's going to be what you want it to be. Like I wouldn't to okay. people, people watching it. Mm-hmm. I would say go and see it, but it's probably not going to be as in depth as. It, like you said, if you know a lot about Freddie's life anyway, you probably know more than what this film is showing you. Yeah, yeah. If you're going in and you know the band's music, and that's it. And you want to know a bit more about them, then you're probably going to get more out of this. I think that's fair to say.
1: Potentially, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I am a big fan of Queen, and I mean, I I personally wouldn't recommend it. I think his performance is great. But he deserves a much better film around him hmm. so it's a shame that I can't just recommend you see his performance because unfortunately that means I'm ever recommending the whole film and I don't think I can so for for me, I would say give it a swerve, but if you want if you want the... i don't
0: think I don't think it's bad enough to say don't go see it I think there's definitely enough in there to go okay, there's enough in here for me to enjoy. And one, I think you're right, there are problems. I
1: think his performance is the thing that I enjoyed in it. So, well, the thing is, his performance is in the film throughout, so that is (laughs) technically... uh, All right, fine. See it on the proviso that he is... No, 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 no. stick to your guns. See it because Freddie Mercury is the main character, so therefore you will see the performance all the way through the film. (laughs) I guess that's where we're at with that one. You
0: stick with your guns if you don't want people to see cinema. I'm
2: kidding, I'm kidding. The thing is, and you know the
1: soundtrack's gonna be good, but you can just stay at home and listen to Queen <laughs> records, and it it'll did, be easier. It did make me want to listen to Queen. I just... Yeah, okay. Well, do what you want. I don't care anymore, guys. This is the last podcast forever now.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And this is where we're going to have to leave it today.
1: As always, you can find us in the regular places. Subscribe Facebook. and like and tell us where you live. Wait, don't do that. no oh, well, If you want. There's too much You can find
0: us on Facebook on the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast, on iTunes, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, all those kind of places. What I meant to say was on Twitter when on 15.
1: Yeah, I thought you might want yeah. to say if that. If
0: you like the episode please like and subscribe to hear new ones and tell your friends about it. Johnny Neves did the theme song as ever. Yeah, he did. This
1: time Brian May played the guitar. That's a lie. It was dappy on vocals. <laughs> um, remember when he did the song with Brian yeah, May. Yes, Rockstar. Yep. that song.
0: Thank you, Alex, for joining me.
1: I think all songs called Rockstar might be bad because um, Nickelback, is it?
0: Phantom Planet who am I thinking of Post Malone Post
1: Malone oh yeah. Post Malone terrible uh, guys we're going to go have some soup now see you in a bit Dye. Dye.